Happy New Year, first Sunday of 2024. I like that resolution, pasta every day. It sounds amazing. In my case, it would be refined sugar. It would be like candy and chocolate and all the sweet things, uh, yes. Hey, if you are grades 6 through 12 and you don't want to hang out in here, you are welcome to follow Justin, our next-gen leader. They're going to be doing an activity in the hallway. You're welcome to follow him out if you'd like to do that. Um, I'm Brent. Rob is out of town, and I'm filling in. And this morning, we're going to be talking about New Year, New You. Does that feel heavy? That feels heavy to me. That feels like really, really heavy to me. Every January, I feel like I have to come up with like Brent 2.0. He's got to be like better than the previous version. And it's like totally unsustainable because it's like, oh, got to, got to do that. It's got to be sustained for 365 days. That sounds exhausting. And all the stats show, and I looked it up on Google yesterday. So if it's on the webosphere, it must be true. Right, that 92% of all New Year's resolutions fail. They just flat out fail. Um, that's encouraging. So, yes. And we all know what we have to work on. We all want some of the same things. We all want to have, like, better relationships, deep, deeper, more meaningful relationships. We want to try harder at work. We want to be better with our money. I think all of us are like 10 pounds overweight. I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. We all want to join a gym. How many of you have been suckered into the $10 a month thing? <sighs> Planet fatness. Yes. A couple years ago, I joined. And then a couple years later, I was like, wait a minute. They have an automatic withdrawal. And I've been that many times. <laughs> And just the gumption to go in and cancel. But I, I went in. I was like, all right, we're going to cancel. We all know what we want to do. Like, we want to be better with our fitness, better with our kids, better with our money, better, 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 better. But it's unsustainable. If you're like me, this is what ends up happening on the screen. Samantha, show us what happens. All the best intentions. Stop procrastinating. And then you just kind of walk away. So we're going to take the pressure off this morning. Is that okay? Take the pressure off. Okay, so first of all, Scripture is super clear in that, yes, there are good things that we should try and move towards, and goal setting is wonderful. Paul in the New Testament says, hey, when I'm exercising and boxing, I don't just like box at the wind. I box with intention. When I have goals, I move towards them with intention. All of that is good. At the core, we know what we need to do, but let's, instead of new year, new you, let's go this. This feels so much better to me. New year, same God. Does that feel better? Yes. All right, deep exhale. Ready? Collective exhale. New year, same God. This morning we're going to talk about characteristics of God that are unchanging. Things about him that never change over the millennia, over time and space. He's the alpha and the omega. He never changes. And we're going to lean heavily on that. And then also, we're going to give ourselves a pass when it comes to this daunting 365-day year goal. We're going to bring it down to a 24-hour cycle of God's grace and mercy 
towards us. Here's what I love. There's this passage in Romans that after the early church is encouraged to move towards Christ-likeness, this is what is said in Romans, and I love this because my simple mind can understand this. Let's read this together. Romans 12, 1 through 2. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Your everyday, simple, ordinary life. God wants your simple, ordinary, mundane life. Goals are fine. Expectations are fine. But he wants our everyday. So we're going to lean into his unchanging nature, and we're going to lean into his desire for us to have a 24-hour cycle, 24 hour cycle of mercy and grace towards ourselves. Here's what I'm learning. How many of you are go get him type A goal-setting list makers? Yes. January is like your favorite month, isn't it? You're like, I will do this and this and this. Um, I put myself in that camp. Um, But here's what I'm learning in my life. Trying is fine, but trusting is better than trying. Trusting in the nature and character and consistency of God in my life is far better than trying in my own strength. Trusting in his consistency is far better than trying in my own strength. We're going to talk about all of that this morning. And we're going to lean on the beautiful crutch of Jesus. The beautiful crutch of Jesus. How many of you have talked to someone who's distanced from the faith and they'll, they'll say like, hey, I would go, I, I had a conversation like this recently. I would go to church, but like the church is full of hypocrites. You heard this before? Yes. And I'd be like, yes, there's room for one more. Come on in. Come on in. Or you've, how many of you have heard this? Or you might have said this and that's cool too. We're, we're just glad you're here. Like all of us are on this trajectory towards Jesus. We're glad you're here. Whether you're online, hi people. Um, Jesus is cool, but he also is just like a crutch for the week. Christianity is a crutch for the week. How many of you heard this before? Yes. Here's my response. Yes. He's a crutch for the week. A beautiful crutch. And I'm weak. And you're weak. And if you don't feel weak, maybe you're blind to the weak spots in your life. He's a beautiful crutch. I love what J.D. Greer, another pastor, says. He says, Jesus is far more than a crutch because I could not limp my way into heaven. He is a full-on stretcher. Right? A stretcher carrying me the entire, I see some nods, the entire way. Oh, what a relief it is. New year, same God. So we're going to talk about three things. About God's sameness and his consistency. First of all, he is always and always has been and always will be leading us in our lives. Secondarily, he is always warning and guiding us. He's warning us and guiding us. And thirdly, I love this one, we'll end on a positive note. He's rewarding us. He's always rewarding his kids. All right, this reminds me of a story. Can I tell a story? You guys with me? Yes, yes? I'm going to tell it anyway, even if you don't want to hear it. So a year ago in February, I was graciously given the opportunity to travel with a couple of my buddies 
to the beautiful landscape of Vancouver, Canada, the home of maple syrup and overly polite people. It was wonderful. And on a ski trip, there it is. It's like a postcard, a beautiful postcard. How many of you are skiers? Some of you. How many of you are perfect north pizza slice down the slope? That's okay. That's cool. That's totally cool. So um, I was so blessed to go on this trip. A couple of my buddies, like, new single dad situation. They're like, hey, we're going to pay for your airfare. We're going to pay for your cabin. We just want you there. I was like, whoa, this is amazing. And I learned to ski when I was, like, four, I think, in, uh, on Telluride in Colorado. I don't remember any of that. So most of my experience has been, like, perfect north pizza slice. So this trip was amazing in that Vancouver is the site of the 2012 Olympics. So it's no joke. It's no joke. So in, in my world, I am equally excited and equally terrified for my life. It was a blast. It was so wonderful. Look at us smiling before we go to our impending death. Look at those smiles, all giddy. This is before we even hit the first slope. We're like, this is going to be amazing. And then when you're over 40, you're like, my legs, so much pain. They're like jelly. It was great. It was so wonderful. But here's what made the trip amazing. Matt, the guy in the burgundy right there, he knew what he was doing. Avid skier. He and my other buddy, Randy, who I've known since sixth grade, went skiing together in the Swiss Alps. They knew what they were doing. Not only that, Matt lives in Canada. So he's extremely familiar with Vancouver. He knows all the slopes. He knows which way to get to the lodge, which courses will kill me, and which courses will be enjoyable. He was a great leader. And one of the things that Matt consistently said to me as a leader was, follow me. Just follow me. The, the level of peace I experienced in having Matt as a, as a wonderful leader, leader just freed me up to enjoy myself and to not worry about my impending death. Matt would say, just follow me. And not just like follow him to this next destination, but even to take my skis and weave in and out and follow in the zigzag that he was creating. Follow me. In the same way, on the journey of our lives, our Father God is and always has been leading us. He's always leading us. And that means this. Just like I trusted my buddy Matt implicitly because he knew the destination, he knew the path, God is worthy of our trust. He knows the destination. He created the path. He created the entire metaverse, universe, all the verses. He created all of it. Here's what scripture says about trusting God. In Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6, I love this. I have this on my desk to remind me, because I struggle with this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, in everything you do, and he will show you which path to take. He will lead you. He will lead you. He's worthy of our trust. How many of you this morning would say you are in a situation in your life where you need to be led, you don't know what to do, and you're on uncharted territory? Yes, we're getting real, some uncharted territory. I have been there 
If you're not here now, you will be there. Sometimes in our life, we're in on a journey. We find ourselves in new uncharted territory where we can't and only God can. Sometimes we have to trust his leading implicitly. Here's what's great about understanding the triune nature of God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, the Son, Jesus, 100% man, 100% God in the flesh, dying on the cross, resurrecting, ascending into heaven. And thirdly, this third part of the Trinity that sometimes we do a great job talking about here, which I love, but sometimes as Christians we don't talk about the Holy Spirit. The third part of the Trinity who is constantly leading, constantly prompting, and constantly saying, follow me. Not just that, we have scripture. And as we look at Jesus and his life, he gives implicit instructions of how we can follow him. Where is God saying, follow me? Where am I not trusting? Where am I taking the reins, steering, and hitting the accelerator and the brake? And he's desperately saying, let me lead. Follow me. So first of all, God is leading consistently in his unchanging sameness. And secondly, he is warning He's constantly warning us. It sounds heavy. Let's put it in the context of my Canadian story, which I'm going to talk about all morning. I don't care if you want to hear it or not. It's amazing. I'm going to talk about it. (laughs) Uh, Warning. He's constantly warning us on my little trip. My buddy, Matt. Let's show his picture again. Look at this. Full-on goggles because I could not see where I was going. This was one of those slopes where, like, they required a helmet because they knew you could hurt yourself. Matt was saying two things to me consistently. So we got the pizza slice. We're all there. But have you heard this before? Keep your skis parallel. Anyone heard that before? Keep your skis parallel. Another way of saying, don't cross your skis. Don't cross your skis. Because if you cross your skis at perfect north slopes in Indiana, you fall down. If you cross your skis in Vancouver, Canada, you topple over a cliffside and you die. Don't cross your skis. Keep your skis parallel. Another thing that Matt would consistently say to me is watch the signs. Watch the signs. And I learned this the hard way. There was one time where I found myself going from a blue to like a double black. And I might have peed a little bit. I don't know. Um, I survived. Watch the signs. Clearly marked, watch the signs. So where is God warning us? Where in our lives are we not keeping our skis parallel? Where are we not watching our signs? This comes in the convicting whisper of the Holy Spirit. How many of you have been in a situation where you feel like you're supposed to do something kind, generous, and wonderful, and you walk away, and your heart's heavy, and you're nodded, and you're like, I should have done that. How many of you experienced that? Yes. 
How many of you, and all of us are probably going to raise our hand, have been in a situation where you're like, I know I shouldn't do this, but I really want to, so I'm going to do it. Yes, don't, if you're not raising your hand, you're just a liar. It's, it's true. Like, we've all done something like that, that little tug on our heart, that sweet whisper of the Holy Spirit who's saying, this is the better path. This path will lead towards more excitement and joy and wonder in your life. But you are crossing your skis right now. You are not following the signs. God is not mm, mm, mm. God is a loving father who desperately wants to warn his kids about where they are crossing their skis and not following the signs because he cares. He wants us to experience the most joy. Where are we not following the signs? I love, there's this, this uh, author who's written uh, a ton of devotionals. I love slash hate this passage because uh, it's so good. Oswald Chambers, how many of you have read like my utmost for his highest? It's been around for a long time. Oswald Chambers has this to say about the Holy Spirit and how he speaks to us. Never disregard a conviction that the Holy Spirit brings to you. If it is important enough for the Spirit of God to bring to your mind, it's the very thing he's detecting in you. You are looking for some big thing to give up, like I won't steal or kill anyone this year. Something really big and really easy. While God is telling you of some tiny thing that must go. But behind that tiny thing lies the stronghold of obstinacy. And you say, and I say, and we all say, I will not give up my right to myself. And that's the very thing that God intends for you to give up if you're being a disciple of Christ. Where in our lives are we crossing our skis? Where are we not watching the signs? Once again, the voice of the Holy Spirit is not guilt-ridden. It's not condemning. It's sweet, loving Conviction. This is heavy, it's heavy stuff. Here's what's wonderful about the goodness and grace of Jesus. Yes, he leads and yes, he warns. But in that cycle of that 24-hour goodness, we sang about it this morning. Mercy on mercy and grace upon grace, new for today. New for today. Can I get an amen? Yes, it's new right now, fresh and new every morning. Right out of the book of Lamentations, this Old Testament prophetic book where God is saying, hey, you're my people and you are rebelling. Uh, The author writes this, and I love this. We sang it this morning. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. Every morning. Where are we not following the signs? Can I tell one more story? Is that cool? Okay, all right. I'm going to do it anyway. Not only is God in his sameness leading and warning, but he's also rewarding. He's rewarding his kids. 
He loves to pour out blessing on his children. He loves to give us good and wonderful things. This reminds me of the best breakfast I've ever experienced. How many of you are breakfast people? Yes, I'm a breakfast person. I'm like, give me IHOP or first watch for every meal of the day with eggs and melted cheese, high cholesterol. I will take breakfast all the time. So on this ski trip, it was apparently the world's best waffle. And it was in the Crystal Hut. The Crystal Hut was this tiny little lodge about 50 feet by 30 feet perched atop the side of a cliff right off the summit of a mountain. The only way to get to the Crystal Hut and to experience the goodness and wonder of Canadian maple syrup on a waffle was either one by helicopter, if the visibility was decent, or two on skis. And this meant a few things. One, two chairlifts, and then dismounting in an additional chairlift at this angle to the summit of one of the highest peaks in Vancouver. And then after that, and keep in mind, I'm a perfect North Pizza slice guy, uh, an entire trajectory along a ridgeline cliffside where you could die and then eventually end up at the Crystal Hut on the cliffside to enjoy a waffle. So here we go. One of the final days of the trip, and of course, the worst visibility possible. It was intense. How many of you are Star Wars fans out there? I know I'm going somewhere with this. Do you remember, the, and I was corrected in the first service because I got it wrong, one of the movies where Han Solo cuts open the belly of, yeah, I see some nods, the belly of an animal and puts Luke Skywalker in because the blizzard's so intense and he's going to get frostbite? Yes? Yeah. That was about half as bad as getting to the summit for this amazing waffle. And yes, it was like this completely exposed. I remember being on the chairlift and for just a brief moment, I thought, I'm going to take my goggles off to fully experience the sheer no. Like, I just, it's fogging up. Like, no, no, I can't, I can't even. I had to imagine that I was on a, in a movie. And I was observing all of this from the comfort of a movie theater. Mm. Got to the top, and I remember distinctly along this ridge line, not being able to see anyone in front of me or anyone behind me. And do you know when there's a construction site uh, no, let's say this. Do you know when you walk past your neighbor's lawn and they've recently installed an electric fence for their dog? You know what I'm talking about? And they put those little eight-inch flags up with a tiny little orange triangle? Those were along the ridge line, as if to say, these will save your life. Mm. Spoiler alert, we made it. We made it to the Crystal Hut and... Let's take a look. This is the most amazing, tasty waffle, Samantha. Let's take a look. There it is. Drenched in maple syrup goodness. The best cup of coffee I've ever had. The most expensive waffle. Look at that thick cut bacon. So, so worth it. It was so amazing. So at the end of this journey where I had learned to follow why I had learned to not cross my skis 
and follow the signs, there was great reward. There was great reward. I will say it was worth it. It really was worth it. In the same way, God wants to reward you and I, his children, with wonderful things. In God's sameness and consistency, the promises that he speaks of a millennia ago are the same today for his kids. And I will say this, just a little side note, a little parenthetical here. There are some traditions that talk about the rewards of Jesus and they put it in some sort of equation, which this plus this equals monetary blessing and healing, right? I am not saying that. Because the moment that doesn't happen, your faith is gone. It is just completely gone. I will say this, the rewards that God has for his kids are sometimes intangible. Yes, sometimes they're healing. Sometimes they're financial blessings. Sometimes they're relational blessing. But sometimes they're deeper, truer, more wonderful things like this. Peace. Joy. Deep meaning. And sometimes the rewards that we will experience are on the other side of eternity. And that's what's wonderful about the promise of Jesus and the reward of an eternal home in heaven with a loving Father, the ultimate reward. Here's what scripture says in Colossians. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ who you are serving. God wants to consistently lavish us and wonderful rewards and gifts. All of us are on some sort of adventurous, terrifying, wonderful journey like I experienced in Vancouver. There are mountaintops. There are valleys. There are opportunities to consistently trust in the unchanging nature of God. Where in your life and where in my life am I allowing God to lead? Where in my life and in your life am I squashing the warnings of the Holy Spirit? Where in my life do I have opportunities to be grateful for the rewards that God has given and in faith observe and believe future rewards in God? And like we said at the beginning... Trusting is better than trying. Where in my life am I trying in my own strength instead of trusting in the goodness and unchanging nature of God? We're going to do a little prayer exercise. Talked about this before and I, I need this. I love this. It's something that I... Practice in my everyday life. Oh, side note, I just want to throw this. I feel like I'm supposed to throw this in. One of the things, it's not on the slides. Sorry, Samantha. Not only is God leading, warning, and rewarding, he's always creating. He's always making something new. We sang about this this morning. And I know some of us in this room are like, I am in such a spot where 
I feel like the old me is so real and I don't know how to become a new me. I just want to say God can take anything in your life and completely transform it into something new. Caterpillar to butterfly situation. Like God made the entire world and he can transform you in a miraculous way. Just want to throw that in. All right, so we're going to do a little prayer exercise. One of my uh, spiritual mentors, he does not know me, but I know him. He's great. I love his books and I love his podcast. Is Bob Goff, and he says this. He's a Jesus-following attorney, and he finds himself in conversations with people who disagree with him consistently. And one of the things that he uses in his life as he's conversing with people is the idea of open hands. So as he's across from the table with someone, as a posture change to open up his heart to listen... Under the table, he does this, palms up, palms up on his lap so that that posture shifts his heart towards receptiveness. So in just a second, I'm going to lead us into a a time of prayer where we're going to ask God to reveal whatever he wants to reveal to our hearts. And as we do that, I'm going to encourage you to close your eyes and put palms up on your lap and just be receptive to whatever the Holy Spirit says. And then we're going to sing a song and celebrate the goodness and consistency of God and his sameness as we go into 2024. Let's do this. Let's close our eyes all across the room. Let's put our palms up on our lap and just take a moment to breathe, take a moment to reflect and be receptive. Father God, we thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's you're the alpha, the omega, the beginning, and the end. And that a year, a decade, a millennia, a century is a blink for you. And so as we go into this 2024, we recognize everything you are and everything we aren't. Holy Spirit, as we think about you leading us, as you think about us, as we think about you saying, follow me, as we think about your call to follow, reveal to our hearts places where we're not trusting you to lead. For those of us who are burning the midnight oil and think if we work smarter and harder and we go after the grind that we will land where we need to be, bring conviction in that we need to trust you as well. For those of us in situations as parents where we're like, hey, I don't know how to navigate this parenting thing. Help us to trust you. For those of us who find ourselves in deep addiction, struggling with some sort of cyclical pattern of unhealthiness, help us to trust and follow you to lean heavily on the beautiful crutch of Jesus. And Father God, as we take a moment to recognize the warnings in our life, those places where you're saying, keep your skis parallel, don't cross your skis. Those places where you're saying, follow the signs, I know what's best. I know the destination. Help us not to silence the voice of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we're just going to be still and quiet for a moment and let you say 
whatever you need to say to us in this moment. That beautiful, loving voice that says, I want you to look more like Jesus and here's how you can do it. Help us to listen right now. And God, as we recognize the rewards that you have for us, help us to stir up a spirit of gratitude. We're grateful for loving people around us. We're grateful for the oxygen you provided this morning for us to be here. We're grateful for the opportunity to worship you in freedom and to learn more about you. We're grateful for your grace and your mercy It's new every morning. And for those of us who are waiting patiently, stir in us a courage, stir in us a new fresh patience for rewards yet to come. We ask deeper meaning and a deeper level of hope as we look towards the future. We thank you for your leading your warning, and your rewarding. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna sing a song. As we sing this song, I encourage you to do one of two things. Build it out, sing it out really loud. Or if you want to step into a deeper understanding of what it means to follow Jesus and you've never placed your ultimate trust in who Jesus is and what he means in your life, Uh, Myself and one or two other prayer counselors will be up here. Come on up and talk to us. You can also come up and pray with one of us just for any reason. It doesn't need to be that. So um, let's end in this song and then I'll come back up and we'll just bless us. And we'll go into 2024 with a new solid conviction in the sameness of Jesus. Let's stand up together.